Welcome to Probably Science. It's the weekend. We're recording at the weekend for once. Finally. Very nice. How come we don't always do this? This should be the way I don't know. We done. just got into a pattern of it being easy to record straight after we tape Jeffrey's because I get out early on Tuesdays. But it's nice. It's nice. nice. It's Sunday. Sunday, we've got comedian, writer, formerly of At Midnight, now Jimmy Kimmel, written on the Oscars and all sorts, Jesse Joyce. Hey, guys. How are you? How's Good. it going, man? Going? Thanks for having me in your living room. Yeah. How's that, how does this compare to the Academy Awards as a... <laughs> <laughs> it's classy. This is nice. I like it. So I, you, I, you have awards yourself on the wall there. <laughs> it's up way of, too much. I got to take those down. Or, what, what the fuck are those? They're like. They well, look I had like a bunch of things from various festivals. Special Olympics medals. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A I'd say about one in three guests noticed because you are sitting directly facing those medals. Yeah. Where we put the guests. Well, the stuff on the well, left is all. Yeah, no, I know what those are. I, I also right, do right. comedy, so I'm familiar with those. What <laughs> I mean, I'm not like, familiar what do you with, do with. What do you do with? What I'm not familiar those? with is why you have like 19 <laughs> Latvian uh, <laughs> marathon. I was in the Transylvania Olympics. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> right, so. beat two counts and uh, uh, no, just swimming and and, uh, and stuff like that. In like high school, or do you no, currently? I do, I do, do you still win? This has come up also too much. Uh, <laughs> master swimming, which is like age adult age group swimming, where you so swim. you're like you are currently amassing more ribbons and medals. I won the hundred free at regionals three weeks ago. Oh wow! Okay, for, all right for for forty to forty four year olds. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Uh, thanks. <laughs> That's pretty neat. But I mean, it shouldn't be on the wall because I'm an adult, <laughs> grown ass man. But it's kind of prominently displayed on the wall at the same time. I mean, otherwise. I guess they'll be in a box. I, yeah, they should be in a box. That's I guess. fine, dude. But, uh, I'm not judging you. I think it's <laughs> everybody like, does. I just I didn't know it looks. Look I, was, like, <laughs> I was trying to think of Matt. We should really do Patreon. Everyone's been telling us to. And I was talking to a friend who has it for their podcast. I was like, what kind of stuff could we do? We could do you know videos. Yeah, pre-record videos and have that be a special thing for for patrons. And I was like, we could do like a pick a medal a week and <laughs> show the details of that and the dumb story behind it. Um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, we, we will, let's swap over to Patreon. If we do, listeners, tweet at us and email us probablyscience at gmail.com at probablyscience if you have ideas of things that you would like to see as Patreon extras if we cross over from from PayPal, which is, a lot of people have said it's a pain in the ass to be doing PayPal thing. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and I didn't realize how much I didn't know that Patreon had so much built in that makes it easy to have like extra episodes and video behind their, you know, patron paywall and stuff. So, um, yeah, we should set that up. We'll t- All check right. Into that. Let's get on that. Let's get on that. Hey, Jesse. Yes. We like to ask our guests this every week before we get deep into the stories. What, if sure. anything, is your science background? Uh, background? Uh, very little. I mean, beyond, uh, I, I'm interested in it and, uh, uh, I collect taxidermy, so I don't right. know. That's, it's not science per se, but my it's, house kind of looks like a natural history museum. It's definitely know? science adjacent. So, How did? Let's talk about yeah. that for a second. How did you get into taxidermy, and what was your first piece? Do you, do you firstly yeah. do you actually have you actually created taxidermy? No, no, that's everybody's also first question usually, yeah. and like. No, I don't care. Like, you can like cupcakes and not give a fuck about how they make cupcakes. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? 
that's kind of my, and I'm not necessarily, this is a weird analogy because I'm not trying to compare taxidermy to cupcakes, but in the same point, like, I don't, I don't want to see anything. I've never killed anything. I don't want to kill anything. I, it's really more from a naturalist perspective. Right. I think that it's super neat to have, like, I used to love natural history museums, like, when I was a little kid and I would, like, hang out there. And so, anyway, I'm now, no, that's the, awesome. is there like a cougar? I don't drink anymore and I have the disposable income to have my own natural history museum in my house. And so that's what I've done. How many so. rooms are there animals in? Well, the wife has sequestered it exclusively to my office, but I have okay. about 35 pieces in my office. Jesus. And I did well for my wedding. My wife uh, uh, gave me a uh, musk ox head because she's half she's Canadian. She's from Canada. Okay. So like, you know, the idea of having a Canadian animal somewhere in the house was kind of a cool. So anyway, there's a looming, gigantic, enormous musk ox head. Above Hang on, what our is fireplace. a musk ox? You don't know what a fucking musk is. This is a science podcast. How <laughs> I do you know. Not know? It's, the world's, it's the world's largest goat. Do you know what? It, it, you can't picture one? No. They look like a buffalo, and everybody assumes that a musk ox is in the bovine family, and it's not. It's not a fucking cow at all. It's a. It's the world's largest. It's like what prehistoric goats look like. I did. Uh, okay. This is what I was picturing, but I thought it was buffalo related. Or, or, yeah, in yeah. fact... <laughs> You know, like you know, the stupid like baby animal uh, twitters. You know, where like oh, people yeah, yeah, just yeah. tweet cute. So some dipshit runs like you know, it's got like ten million followers. This like you know, adorable baby animals. Right. You know, and uh, <laughs> they me. tweeted like, "Look at this little buffalo." And I tweeted, "I'm <laughs> like, hey, you dumb <laughs> fucks. <fucking idiots. laughs> oh, it's not even a fucking cow." H- hang on a second. What? Because I have seen it written, and now I know as two separate words, musk. Ox. That's what it is, yes. But also, I didn't realize that it's written, musk ox is how it is more commonly written. Like as in one word? Yeah, because as, uh, as in ox of that emits a strong odor, although it isn't an ox, according to you. It's like it's, No, that's the thing. It's miscategorized. Like, yeah, it's not in the oxen family, but they have they have cloven hooves. Anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. Is it an, un- no, that, an ungulate? An ungulate? That's it. It's... The, it's yeah. What, what I think is interesting is it's like literally like the only remaining uh, prehist or uh, ice age animal. Like it's what goats look like in the ice age. Oh, yeah, it's def- the only. It's like it definitely looks like it looks to a goat what a woolly mammoth looks like to an elephant. Exactly. That's exactly uh. the analogy. That's what it is. So anyway, whatever. The point is, it fucking hangs above my fireplace and is uh, very unsettling to a pl- any <laughs> any plumber or electrician that has to come over <laughs> and it's a 20-minute conversation about what the fuck that is. So, What about full uh, full bodies? I don't... Well, like little things. Like I have a fox, like the full... Okay. But like I don't have the space to have... But, uh, I didn't think you had a musk ox uh, corpse. I have, I have a bear rug, like a full-on oh, cool. adult, you know, wow. brown bear rug. But Do those things shed? Does it stick? Does its fur stick around? Or uh, no? Huh? It's, it my, my dog sheds far more than my <laughs> fucking deceased bear, bear rug. Um, I this is kind of funny. I uh, so I moved from New York, you know, to here and. The major reason I needed to get movers was for my taxidermy. Like, I can get a new couch on the okay, West Coast, yeah. but I can't get a new <laughs> fucking uh, bison head, right? So I needed to fucking... So anyway, so uh, uh, the movers are these, like, New York dudes, and they're, like, moving my shit out of my apartment, and I'm, like, kind of supervising. And the one dude, he's carrying my uh, moose head out by its giant antlers. Like, he's lifting it out by the rack of antlers. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he walks by me, and he goes, was this some kind of horse? <laughs> And I was like, dude, I don't care that you've only lived in New York your entire life. Like, you're holding it by its fucking antlers. Like, what? Like, you've seen horses in New York. Like, what the fuck are you? Anyway, this is a horse. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was pretty great. 
I mean, but then it, we were just talking about the uh, the Kimmel bits you do with the man on the street people, the Hollywood block of fame, oh, yeah, yeah. and like the dumb shit people oh, yeah, yeah. agree to yeah, say. People like, are extremely stupid. Don't have that much faith in the intelligence of the average. Well, but person. also you're going to Hollywood Boulevard. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not hanging out in Harvard Square. Like you know, yeah, like I think yeah, you're getting a different. Yeah, but and also there not is a lot that of thing. readers. Like the other dirty secret of any of those man on the street bits is that people. You shove a camera in someone's face, and they panic and say yeah. whatever it is that they want that they think you they want yeah they think you want you them wanna, to say yeah yeah that happens a lot too like w- like the lie witness news segment which is hilarious all yeah. the time. it's like if you don't know it's a recurring bit on Kimmel where it, so they go out on the street and ask them about events that didn't happen or haven't happened yet so they just did one for the royal wedding but they recorded it before the royal wedding happened and go like what did you think of the dress and everyone's like oh it's so beautiful yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. but it it partly is just because people just panic when, yeah you put a camera a tv camera in someone's face and they go like i i don't know what i need to say right now but i'm gonna say whatever i think they need me to yeah, say yeah like i don't want to disappoint this this guy seems british like because you know he, he had a fake accent you know and and so it was like oh boy they're all excited about this i don't want to act like i yeah. don't care so like so the they're dress like, is nice you know? yeah they're like oh the carriage yeah, yeah. the carriage was yeah. <laughs> it is very funny but um yeah i this yeah i i guess so yeah muskox is for Completus. It's a su- <laughs> member of the subfamily Caprinae of the family Bovidae. It's more closely related to sheep and goats than to oxen, but they're placed in their own genus, which is the Ovibus genus, which is Latin for sheep ox. Mm. And it's one of the two largest extant members of Caprinae, along with the similarly sized Takin, T A K I N. Oh, that's a cool, cool name. Oh, which is also the GNU. Oh, goat. yeah, dude. That's like, oh, oh. Uh, uh, I think they're like in, in the Asia, GNU right? The GNU goat? Like, is that different from a GNU? Or is or is know. that a GNU? They they have one at uh, at the zoo in uh, here in LA. They oh, have yeah? attack it. They're really fucking weird looking. Uh, they're really pretty interesting. Yeah, that is an odd looking thing as well. So see, this is science. It's taxonomy, yeah, right? right? This is 100% right? science. Yeah, this yeah. is... Have you ever bonded with? Uh, isn't Lydia Hurst big into some taxidermy? Oh yeah, yeah. Stuff? Well, fucking, you know, Hardwick was like my old boss. So that's, that's like, why I thought maybe at midnight. Uh, oh yeah, no, dude. I, I, uh, uh, there's probably five pieces of taxidermy in Hardwick's house that I sent him directly, like because anytime because I look for it a lot on eBay. Like oh, okay. I get most of it on eBay, and whenever I see something that's like really cool, but unbelievably out of my price range i send it to the fucking hardwick slash hearst family <laughs> and i'm like hey maybe this will be something and he has he has a he has an albino moose oh what, you know fucking rare and albino do you know how tough it would be for a mo- like some a creature that large to survive to adulthood being white with pink eyes like you know what i mean <laughs> it's literally impossible for a moose to fucking become an old moose is but there, this is an adult, a big ass white moose hanging above his fireplace. Is that, do you have any like responsibility to see that it was like ethically found dead and then taxidermied, or like? Well, the, like the the stuff, yeah. Like the, you're not allowed, the like the stuff on eBay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not buying it on the fucking dark web. Well, yeah. you know I mean? like, so, like, yeah. Anybody? Can you get me a panda? So, uh, no, <laughs> I mean, like, eBay like, has like a lot the of panda rules. Gets shipped to you, and then like a day later, you read a news story about a zoo that's now missing a panda. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, I did. I bought one, like everything. So, like, no, ninety nine percent of the stuff I have is like, like third hand. Like, mm-hmm. it's being sold. Most of what I get is uh, I get because some dude's wife has been bitching at him for ten years right, to like right. get that the fuck out of the basement. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so then they put it on eBay, but they don't look and see how much it is worth. 
And so then I snap it up because oh, okay. they don't know what. Like I actually like. Do you have like a, an eBay alert set up so that? Yeah, I do. I have one because I still want a giraffe head, and I don't have one. And so I'm like always giraffe looking for. Alert. And I yeah I I because I, I I have limited space, and yeah. a giraffe would take up a lot of room, but. I'd make but anyway, for a giraffe. Yeah, some dude, I saw one that I talked to the guy back and forth and I just couldn't get it shipped here, but he like his dad died and it was like a, he was like getting rid of shit in his dad's house. So, you know what I mean? It was like It's things like that. Yeah, that's all all of the stuff that I have. Like the muskox a- was like some grandpa like, you know, he went hunting in the 70s in Alaska and yeah. then now his granddaughter's afraid of it. So that's why he's <laughs> That's literally the story that he told me. So so ex- that's how I get all this stuff. Not exchanging so. emails with like Nigerian warlords or something. No, 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 no. no. So, uh, <laughs> although twice I, I I did have commissioned from an, a, a sculptor in England because it's so fucking cool. Look, you should look it up. It's called Broken Hair. They're really good. H A R E Broken Hair. Oh, they okay. they do. Uh, he does fake taxidermy, and like I really did want a panda, but you can't. They're like the most endangered. <laughs> like you can't get a panda, and I'm not going to fucking go Even on the, the dark fake web. Fake one or. No, well, so so, but he nobody. There's no market for fake panda taxidermy either. So I like commissioned this sculptor to give to make me a panda. Oh, these are really cool. And so he made it like like the and I insisted wanted to make it the way they taxiderm other bears, where he's like angry, you Uh know, like growling. Uh So I have like a furious panda head. That's really. I'm looking at some of that stuff right now, and they they do have a giraffe head for two and a half grand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Like, see, he's really good. And the first thing that loads on the page, of course, is a unicorn, which is yeah. That's oh, that's their biggest seller is unicorns. Yeah. So, but oh, speaking and that of which, is also fake. I just got this. Yeah, yes, yes. I both uh, got and then uh, regifted this birthday present, which is a uh, oh, that's nice uh, squirrel feeder. She had like a unicorn head, so you put peanuts in this part of it. So then, and you hang it somewhere that, that's like squirrel. Height. Oh, so then the squirrel, so the squirrel puts get up his underneath body. It. it looks like the squirrel's a unicorn. Right, it looks oh, like he's, he's wearing a mask. Oh, that's, that's very that's funny. That's, that's very cool. That's great. Have you that's ever? Terrific. You've been to London before. You've spent time in London. I, I yes, but I'm a recovering alcoholic, and I I spent a year in Ireland. In the last four days, I went to London, and I have very little memory of it. But I know that I got kicked out of Mick Jagger's Voodoo Lounge. Like oh, I got, oh shit. I just remember getting dragged down the stairs by a guy. So this I, was pre-recovering years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was yeah when I was a drunk college student. So all right, uh, but why? But go ahead. The reason so. I there's a there's a museum in the south of London that we've mentioned on this podcast before that I think you'd love called the Horniman Museum. Mm-hmm. That is full of. It's basically this guy from the I think he was 19th century, <laughs> but this rich guy who collected curios. Yeah, it's full of taxidermy. Oh, it's sure. Yeah, that is I, that is right on my eye. And the centerpiece of it is the walrus, which oh yeah, I would love to get a walrus, but that's which not uh, which was again like shot, like well, killed, caught and killed some at some point in the nineteenth century. Yeah, S- the skin sent back to London to be taxidermied there by a group of people who, who didn't never know. saw a walrus. Yeah, so yeah. they didn't know that it's meant to be wrinkled, and so it's just this overflated... Oh, I, you know, I have actually seen that exact one on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, no, the best place to go in the entire world for taxidermy is England, because colonialism was very good to them as far as <laughs> right. uh, decimating uh, exotic species throughout the world. And yeah, you can sort of, like, ethically... Stuffing them ethically for go, Victoria. Right. Yeah. When you sort of go, like, I wouldn't approve of any of this now, but since this happened 250 years ago, I can yeah. enjoy the peace that these incredibly unethical people made. Yeah, and they're, they're, there actually are, like, really tight laws, like, that our State Department has about importing stuff from England. Like, you kind of can't do it, but... Oh. 
So I, I, but I'm, I see all the auctions and it's like kind of disappointing because there's some really cool shit that well, other I countries get to have. Yeah, yeah. You know, that I can't get. So anyway, so this, this actually transitions pretty neatly into a story that was sent in by, let's see, listener. Um, oh, you know, I didn't mark it down. I'll come back and mark that. Um, but a, uh, there's a zoo in DC, the national zoo that has red pandas that are currently pooping glitter. Go on. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up who sent in the story. While you, okay. sorry, what were you about to say, Jesse? No, it's just that. Like, it's just assholes throwing. Well, no, fucking... there's a reason for it. There's a oh, reason for it. Um, Cri- so, Kristen Lewis. There we go. Kristen Lewis sent that in. Hey, Kristen. And if you've lived in DC since 2013, you probably know about red pandas slash care about red pandas because of Rusty, the panda that escaped from his ex- exhibit, was yeah. found wandering at Ebbs Morgan the next day. Rusty is now comfortably living in the Smithsonian's Conservation Biology Institute in Front Royal, Washington, Front Royal, Virginia. But the clever panda is an example of what it's like to deal with these creatures all day long. As much as the internet might love red pandas, not much is known about the species. Before Rusty hopped from a tree and hightailed it out of the zoo, it was thought that red pandas could jump a maximum of four feet. Rusty could jump five. Uh, nowadays, the trees in the exhibit have been cut back to stop any would-be escape artist, but there's still a lot to learn about red pandas, which is why zookeeper Mariel Lally is spending her morning pouring three different colored glitters into three different cups filled with cut grapes. The folks at Front Royal are looking to do a fecal study on the red pandas, but in order to do so, they have to differentiate between the poop uh, that comes from Asa, Nutmeg, and her son, Jackie, the three pandas currently living in the exhibit. So each of them gets their own special highball of grapes and glitter. So there's a little key here. Yeah, you can see purple glitter in the poo (laughs) indicates it came from Asa. uh, Asa, uh, yellow is Jackie, and green is Nutmeg. Uh, Asa's the dominant personality. She's a little bit of a queen bee. She's been at the zoo since 2015. Well, Nutmeg and Jackie didn't move in until January this year. Um, at first, Nutmeg and Asa got along swimmingly and even started exhibiting mating behaviors with each other. Unfortunately, after mating season was over, any love between them disappeared and they developed a classic frenemy relationship, which Lally is quick to tell us is normal. Um, yeah, red pandas are quite solitary, I guess, which is one of the reasons why it's difficult to study them in the wild. And um, let's see, uh, like giant pandas, red pandas mostly snack on bamboo, but the grapes are useful when it comes to training. Um, they train them to uh, allow them to participate in medical procedures. Nutmeg is trained for ultrasounds, heart exams with a stethoscope and injections. Give these cute little things a grape and they'll allow you to do almost anything. Uh, so the next time you're wandering around... <laughs> that around sounds the- like... So that, all right, hang on. Do yeah, we great. have some parameters on this thing? Grape junkies. So if you go to the Red Panda exhibition, uh, don't just scan the tree tops, take a look at the ground. You might just find some... Yeah. Uh, They'll do, he'll do almost anything for a grape, but he will suck your dick for a raisin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a glittery red panda poop at the National Zoo. Is there a fe- you know, like, first of all, like, if they knew that they can jump four feet, right? They were going within one foot but of that then, <laughs> But then, yeah, yeah. But then apparently uh, Rusty escaped because he jumps five feet. Like, when you play it safe and just make the fucking fence 12 <laughs> yeah. feet, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just in case, like... Why would you just make it like, well, he can only, you know, like, they can like jump six four, inches shy of whatever. They could jump four feet, so we're going to make it four feet and an inch. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy that Our they tallest did that. prisoner is six feet tall, so we're making a seven-foot yeah, yeah, yeah. seven moat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they won't connect little, hands. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> fucking, they're, uh, I, I, the red pandas are very cute. They're but, pretty cute. Yeah, but, like, actual pandas uh, shouldn't be here anymore, is my opinion. On the planet, they just—they're not meant to be here. Yeah, like it's—we are—we're defying evolution by <laughs> like we're fucking panda life support and like it's tr- I, well, there is that. I mean, it's not like extinction doesn't happen when humans aren't here. Exactly, so, like species but, went extinct without our yeah. help. 
And but, like, I think they're one of them. You know, they just. They're a bear that's evolved to eat sticks all day. You know what I mean? Like, they have teeth, but all they eat is fucking sticks. So they get no, like, it's just a bear that eats celery. Like, there's right. no nutritional value, which is why they have to eat it for, like, fucking four, 13 hours a day. Just so little And then it. just sleep. You know what I mean? Like, that is the only thing they do is just drag their fat ass around to find sticks and then sleep. But then again, like it does grow like crazy, doesn't it? Like bamboo isn't the hard thing about keeping them alive. Like it's it's like a weed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, it is everywhere. But like they, but okay. So here's the other problem because it's all over the place in where they in their habitat, and they it takes so much energy for them. They don't want to burn any calories, right? Because so that's why they have to be. Lazy. So they just sit around in the same concentric circle and eat the sticks that are there. <laughs> and so what happens is pandas then thusly become inbred. Because they only fuck other pandas that are near them. And have you seen <laughs> never brown? Heard this yeah, theory. have you seen brown pandas? No. Or like, maybe they, I think yeah. it's like well, they're no longer like that sort of uh, deep contrasted white and black. They're white and kind of a brownish color. Uh-huh. Theor- supposedly, I'm, I'm not like a fucking actual biologist, but from what I've read, that that's because that's because of inbreeding. Oh, here they, they go. They, it's, they're it's becoming also brown. The quinling panda. Oh. And it's not like a subspecies of panda. It's like a it, fucking. It's it, a panda that f- whose parents were cousins. It, <laughs> it, it is a subspecies of panda, but it's but also subspecies is. We've talked about this before. How it, this has come up on the show before? How what we were taught at school about what a species is is yeah nowhere near as neat as the truth. Uh huh. Because we, we it used to be like that. The, a species, something is the same species if it can reproduce with it with another member of the same species right, and produce right. a viable offspring. Right, and that's the difference between a species and not a species. And there's, there's, it's a lot muddier than that. Okay, uh, it turns out like there are things that are different species that can that can do this. There are things that are the same species that can't. There are subspecies. It's it's a lot more. It's one of those things where the sort of the 1980s high school definition is right. is off right so so am i wrong are they not so they are they are a the subspecies of, but um cousin fucking it's the first giant panda subspecies to be recognized uh, this is according to wikipedia take this as m- with whatever you want um it differs from the more familiar nominate species by its smaller skull and dark brown and light brown rather than black and white fur and its overall smaller size there are an estimated 200 to 300 of them in, living in the wild uh, so very few. But so if they have sex with each other, did they produce another brown panda? I think so. On on August in in August 1989, a female of this species was captured and brought to a zoo to be mated with a regular giant panda. Her offspring was black and white, but reportedly started becoming brownish as it aged. Mm. According to other reports, she gave birth to three other cubs, two all of whom died shortly after being born. Oh, uh, huh. So it's. The subspecies is restricted to the Quinling Mountains, which is where it gets its name, and its coloration is possibly a consequence, here we go, of inbreeding. The population is closed off from genetic variation, and this may have led to the preservation of the mutation responsible. There you go. go. They're pretty fucking cute, though. They also are are pandas. That's true. Yeah, inbreeding among pandas produces cuter results than inbreeding among human beings. (laughs) Speaking of which, the royal wedding just happened. (laughs) I'm also going to, in the show notes, I'm going to link to a comic from the UK, from Newcastle, Gavin Webster, who has my favorite panda bit in general, which is about hearing there are only 10,000 pandas left in the wild, and I... That's quite a lot of pandas. I mean, how many... (laughs) I don't know how many pandas... 
Picturing the Rose Bowl full of pandas. How many pandas there were. Oh, back in my day, you couldn't move for pandas. <laughs> what, are you going out now during panda hour? Are you mad? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know they because they say that, too, about the buffalo here, that that one time there were 80 million buffalo, like, you know, uh-huh. before the Western expansion started, you know? And as much as I love animals, I'm like uh, about conservation. Like, good. Like, I'm glad we don't have 80 million fucking. Like, you couldn't. Like, this. There's 300 million people in the country. Yeah, we don't need. Can you imagine if you fucking were dre- like you? Have you ever hit a deer with your car? No, have you? Yeah, yeah but can you imagine what what uh, would happen geez. if you fucking hit a goddamn buffalo with your car? Yeah, they aren't moving either. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing that we have as few buffalo as <laughs> we do, in my opinion. To a reasonable level. Are yeah. they doing okay now? Are they not considered endangered? No, they're not endangered anymore, oh, okay. I don't think. Cause, but, like, there, I think there's very few. They're wild buffalo left, but they're all on, like, you know, national parks. And, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. I just love hearing stories about, like, Japanese tourists putting their infants on the backs of buffalo and oh, yeah, yeah. take pictures. Like, so cute. Like, those things will kill you. Those yeah. things will kill you. Yeah, I really enjoy those, like, when animals fuck people up that get too close to them because they're Oh, dumb. there was a video that was going around last week. Did you see of, like, some tourists in a safari park? And it's in the Cheetrick enclosure. Oh. Just, and they're just getting out and, like, just, like with yeah. their kids. Wait, is it in Japan? Um, no, I think it's somewhere in Europe because there's, there's shouting behind in, I think there's like Dutch people who are filming from the car behind Uh who are just screaming like, get back in and like, what do you do a fucking, uh, but it's nuts. So they're just like, I think it's a French family that got out with their kids and they're just like, you know, with children (laughs) and they're just like wandering up to the animals, not realizing, no, you can go in there with your car with the window up and locked and yeah, we don't yeah. think that. I think people have gotten too used to the idea that we've tamed everything, that the world has be, has been mastered by humans. Like, yeah, there yeah, are yeah. still things that are not in do, our control. Do you know another thing that might fuck the world, that might destroy the planet? And this uh, makes me feel guilty because I have a very small amount of it, and I might I think I'm going to have to stop. Wait, 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 wait. Enriched um, uranium. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's not helium. Um, it's not helium, although that is also a problem. Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, Bitcoin. Oh, oh shit. That's right. You, you showed me this. <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin estimated to use a half, half a percent of the world's electric energy by the end of 2018. Really? By the end the, of this the year. The mining thereof? Yeah. This is a huge amount. It's crazy. So Bitcoin... So Bitcoin are technically coal-powered? <laughs> like, Yeah. Bitcoin is... <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Bitcoin yeah. is extraordinarily environmentally unsound. But like the, I, I think I'm going to have to completely get out of it. Like the idea that I've sort of stopped eating meat largely because of my carbon footprint and oh, interesting but now my carbon footprint even i i have a negligible amount of bitcoins yeah. but bitcoin's burgeoning electricity demands have attracted almost as much attention as the cryptocurrency's widely fluctuating value but estimating exactly how much electricity the bitcoin network uses necessary for understand is necessary for understanding its impact in it, implementing policy remains a challenge the f- in the first rigorously peer-reviewed article quantifying bitcoin's energy requirements a commentary appearing in May in the journal Jewel, financial economist and blockchain specialist Alex DeVries uses a new methodology to pinpoint where Bitcoin's electric energy consumption is headed and how soon it might get there. We've seen a lot of back-of-the-envelope calculations. We need more scientific discussion on where this network is headed. Right now, the information available is pretty poor quality overall, so I'm hoping people will use this paper as a foundation for more research, he says. Uh, and, uh, oh, he's the founder of... Digiconomist, which is a blog that aims to better inform cryptocurrency users. His estimates, based on economics, puts the minimum current usage of the Bitcoin network 
as 2.55 gigawatts, which means it uses almost as much electricity as Ireland. And uh, twice as much as the DeLorean. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, no, that's gigawatts. Okay, I'm sorry. They're they're, they're different units. A single transaction uses as much electricity at... Like, one single transaction of Bitcoin uses as much electricity as an average household in the Netherlands uses in a month. Well, they're like wind-powered or something. They are, yeah. I mean, that's true. It's mostly clogs and windmills and, you know, just beer and dancing. That's the main Dutch things. Yeah, and tulips, of course, but tulips are normally solar-powered. By the end of this year, he predicts the network could be using as much as 7.7 gigawatts, which is as much as Austria and half a percent of the world's total consumption. That's insane, but aren't we reaching a point, and I don't understand cryptocurrency that well, but I know like with every new coin that's mined, it becomes difficult to mine the next one so that it becomes a... So that it's like a resource like gold on our planet or whatever. That's exactly the case, but what that means is... so. but eventually, don't, isn't there? Won't there be a cap, and there will be no more to be mined, or not? There will eventually be a cap. I think the number of bitcoins has been set, but also there are other cryptocurrencies. Right, right. But this is um, okay. So my I, I read about this a long time ago. We keep promising to do a Bitcoin episode. We will at some point with someone who's <laughs> Once a specialist. We understand it. But essentially, the way the way it works, people who farm bitcoins are racing to solve a mathematical formula. That's the the most basic version of this, mm-hmm. is that people have supercomputers or banks of ch- computers running in parallel. So now, actually, there are some websites that are like... Have you, have you ever been to a website where they go, like, we don't have advertising on our page, but what we do ask is that while you're visiting our page, we are allowed to use a certain amount of your computer processing power. Oh. Isn't to, it all graphics no. cards? I thought it was like yeah. NVIDIA graphics processor. I think it is, the, yeah, which is part of the computer, but right, it's, right, it, right. a graphics card is another type of processor. processor. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But it's either a supercomputer or chained up computers that are racing to do mathematical calculations, and the first <clears> one to successfully solve this calculation wins the Bitcoin. And if you have hundreds of these things running simultaneously, you eventually incrementally earn a certain amount. But there's so, no way to game the system. It's pure br- brute force, right? Like no one can be lucky enough to have, or you could be lucky, but no one could have a strategy that means their server farm is going to be better at mining than others. No, I think the only strategy you can have is to have more and faster computers, okay. which also then means that the more Bitcoins are mined and the more it's used in the world, and therefore the harder the calculation becomes and the rarer it becomes, the more computing power you need to, to win to win the challenge to find the next one, which me, which is the reason why in the space of the next seven months it's expected to go from two point five five gigawatts to seven point seven gigawatts. But then, even before we mine the last coin, doesn't it also reach a point of being so expensive with the chance of the, the expense of finding the next one would be so daunting? No one would even dedicate their resources to find. Well, maybe, one. but not if you can, not if you can use various techniques to firstly people are people are actually moving and creating banks of computers in places that have really cheap or renewable energy so places that are near hydroelectric power or places in countries that have incredibly cheap energy generation and also the other part of it is if you are using other people's computers chained up either in ethical ways by notifying them or less ethical ways by just having just installing malware sort of spyware yeah semi-malware where there are certain sites particularly sites that are dodgy in the first place like you know torrent sites and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. where uh and various tube and streaming sites where if you're just on the website 
Like, have you ever been to a website where suddenly your fan is going crazy for no reason? No, no, I pretty much just go to, like, uh, Huffington Post and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that, sometimes the thing that's causing that, and you can install things that block it, but sometimes the thing that's causing that is that your computer is, while you're on that page, your computer is one twenty thousandth of whatever of someone's attempt to, to mine a Bitcoin. Okay. So, on the one hand, yes, it will become increasingly prohibitively expensive, but if you can, in some way, commandeer... Uh, commandeered the computing power of a vast network like of people's the, like laptops SETI, and desktops. Like the search for extraterrestrial intelligence does with permission. Exactly. I wonder yeah. if Bitcoin is actually slowing down the search for alien life or the yeah. search for God new high prime Bitcoin. numbers <laughs> or all those other things that we were using on computers for at various times. Jesse, do you own any Bitcoin or any cryptocurrencies at all? No. No. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. No, I, have I, fr- I have friends. Brian Cook does. Brian oh, Cook does is he? big into Co- cryptocurrencies. Co-worker Brian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was t- all summer last summer. He was like, "Why aren't you buying Bitcoin?" And I was like, I- "I'll get to it soon." And like, right. he was right. He was yeah. right. Yeah. Right. So, so Devry says. So, to me, half a percent is already quite shocking. That is, that's one two hundredth of the world's energy. Um, it's an extreme difference compared to the regular financial system, and this increasing energy- electricity demand is not going to help us reach our climate goals. If the price of Bitcoin continues to increase the way some experts have predicted, DeVries believes the network could someday consume 5% of the world's electricity, which would be quite bad. Bitcoin is dependent, here we go, here's a brief explainer, on computers that timestamp transactions into an ongoing chain to prevent duplicate spending of coins. Computers in the network perform calculations continuously, competing for the chance one every 10 minutes to be appointed to create the next block of transactions in the chain. The user of the computer that wins is awarded 12.5 new coins, a process known as mining bitcoins. But all the time, even the computers that don't win are expending computer power. You're generating numbers the whole time, and the machines you're using for that use electricity. But if you want to get a bigger slice of the pie, you need to increase your computing power, which is a big incentive for people to increase how much they're spending on electricity and on machines. So yeah, 12.5 new coins. I didn't realize, I thought it was just one coin. So currently, let me see how much that's worth. 12.5... I can do the math. I think that's. I don't know what it, I don't know what the rate even is right now. That's eight thousand three hundred as of this morning. Okay, so that's like one hundred twenty thousand. Uh, I mean, it's one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's, there we go. It's, yeah, it's a hundred. So one hundred one hundred and six currently at the exact rate right now at the point of recording. One hundred six point two thousand dollars is you, generated every time you every time you win this transaction, and that happens every ten minutes. So there is this big incentive right, right. now. I guess you know, if you mining one, was, was if, also tied to transactions. I didn't know that that, 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 that makes sense, I guess. Yes, it's, like, it's all built. The process of generating them is also the process of distributing this built into it. Uh, the idea is, again, this is right in if I'm fucking this up, but there is an ongoing ledger that keeps track of all the Bitcoin transactions. Mm-hmm. And the idea is you need to make sure that everyone has the same information, which means you need to make sure that you know, if one transaction is recorded, another person's you can't send the same Bitcoin to two people simultaneously. Right. So there needs to be timestamps, and the, the the person who wins the right to timestamp the point at which it gets recorded in the ledger, also as a as a thank you or as a bonus for doing that, gets awarded new Bitcoins. Okay. So in the same the process of farming it is the same as the process of distributing it. Right. And that uses huge amounts of computing. And the and the way you so make that will never end because there will always be transactions. So. Yeah, except there is a, again this there is a cap placed on the total possible number of bitcoins originally. But even though they're are they're going to be done mining them, actually, if they're ever done mining them, what resources could they use to do the, to stamp the transactions? Because they still have to do that. 
with all the ones that'll be existing. That I'm not sure. This is for a different episode. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. I was just looking <laughs> at what what it, what uses the most energy. Like what? Like okay, so five percent. But what is taking up currently the most energy? Poor and it turns out it's uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it's uh, uh, cooling your house. So that's the heating most and cooling on the whole planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That's what. Well, yeah, that's what it seems to say. So. Wow, uh, I guess that makes sense because everything heat related is just like usually the least efficient uh, way of like once you've once you've turned energy to heat, you're like, oh fuck, this is the least efficient form of it, the least uh, transportable right. version of it. The right, isn't that kind of yeah. true, Matt? And I imagine that the cooling cost of like refrigeration and stuff would would increase with Bitcoin because of all of the Mountain Dew being consumed oh, by the type of people <laughs> you don't want that give a fuck about this. Yeah. <laughs> The official drink of uh, all cryptocurrencies, yeah. I think. Yeah. Probably Code Red, to be specific. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like Frank. I'm yeah. sure Brian Cook is horrible drinking. He, he strikes me. Yeah. It seems like he does. Yeah. You think Brian Cook's a Mountain Dew guy? I think he wakes up. Yeah. Like there's like a few empty two liters like around his bed. You I, know? I mean, he does like the or hourly equivalent of that, which is Taylor Swift. We just went to a Taylor Swift concert on Friday, and that was an unironic thing Brian wanted to go to, and I joined okay. him. He loves uh He's Jimmy a complicated Lovato. man. He loves Katy Perry. I, I, we should I, point out, friend of the show, Brian Cook, yes, who's been, been on, on the show yeah, yeah. Numer- several times, but also currently works with Jesse. He's yeah, Kyle Kimmel. Yeah. Which, by the way, I, like, I, I, I revealed recently to the staff that, uh, and this is now uh, going to follow me for life, but I don't, I have never. I don't like live music. I've never been no to live a, music. Of I, any kind. I've been wow. to two concerts in my life, and that's because I was dragged to them. And like, do I you just, enjoy listening to music not live? Do you like listening yeah, to recordings music? Sure. Like, yeah, I'll occasionally. Like, I usually listen to podcasts and you know things that I can learn something from when I drive. But every now and again, I will listen to music. But to me, the idea of seeing live music is like kind of a waste of time because it's like wow. watching somebody cook. You know. <laughs> Like what? It's not a visual experience. It's an auditory experience. You know what I mean? Like, why would I want to watch somebody play a fucking play drums? I can hear them play drums. That's what I, you know. But watching someone play drums is the fucking. Well, having said, I I was just thinking about that analogy, and I was about to try and refute it, but I realized I also like watching people cook. Why would you want to watch people cook? Like, I like watching people make stuff. I like watching people. I like. I like. I enjoy seeing. Doesn't have. I enjoy seeing anyone who's skilled at a task carry out that task. Like I like, even if it's not a but task, the end I'm interested result in. of the task is is also interesting. Like, well, yeah, but you Bob could, Ross's paintings. At the, you could fast forward through the whole fucking, and then you get to see the painting, cool and that's to, fine. But I, like, why do you care to watch? I mean, there's a reason why. Like, how it's made has been running on Discovery, or whatever right, channel it is right. forever. Like, it's it's I like I, even if it's a machine putting something together, it's cool to see the components. And fit and then go like oh and then see the form see it start to take form or see you know mm. even if it's something i'm not interested in generally as a craft like like weaving for example it's interesting to see the process and yeah. see it just build up into a shape and build up into a recognizable form and and not you know say what you will about taylor swift's music which i think a lot of it's really good and catchy that show had giant uh 100 foot inflatable cobras rising out of the stage and the whole audience was being lit up by wristbands that were geotagged that we're wearing and like it was an amazing right. It's all the shit they've had to invent but to make it interesting <laughs> for you to sit and watch somebody play fucking drums because it's actually, not interesting. The drumming thing was also <laughs> then, then Brian and I went to a jazz club last night because Matt Chamberlain, who played with uh, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, was playing in a jazz band down right. in Little Tokyo. 
And Brian was standing next to the drums, taking pictures to send to his drum friends. Like, look at this weird cowbell he has with springs on it and stuff. So it was a visual element. Well, to like it, if I had, was like, a drummer, drum I might be interested. But was, are you uh, a drummer? So if you're not a drummer, we... I don't know. It was, still, okay, it was like entertaining. I like guess it's I can't talk Motley you to had to invent a <laughs> fucking giant machine but the, to okay, but the, it's also, watch somebody drum. It's also being part of the communal experience like do you are, are there are, i know i'm in the minority i, I know, know i'm wrong but, but here, i just don't here, care here's here's a like do you enjoy other communal things like would you like are you are you a sports fan for example and if so no not okay. really but i get that i understand that there's a visual component to but, watching but, sports but it's not just the visual component is there something about the com- the being part of a communal experience like being right. being in an audience which is united by a common bond, or being in a group of people united by a common feeling. But I get, I get you're what saying, you're saying, like, but I don't like yeah. reveling either. Like I don't like I don't enjoy being in a group right. of people that are like but also, reveling. And I, I know yeah. I know you're you're on the other side of the interaction, but you're a comedian. You do you do stand up as yeah. well as right, and that's again like that's something that is I feel it doesn't matter how good the special or the album is. I think it's still always superior to be sitting in the club in sure. the audience watching the comedian than it is to be listening to them on headphones or watching them on Netflix. Right. And, like, I mean, were you a fan of comedy before you started performing comedy? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, as so would you enjoy, would you feel like that about stand up? Would you rather see a stand up live than see them on Netflix or listen to their album? I Well, I, I don't like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not like agoraphobic or anything, right, but right. I don't. Like I and I get totally yes I would it is better for people to come and see me live than it is for them to right, listen to your album listen to the album but at the same time I don't no I I don't want to go see other comics in a room necessarily <laughs> like, but that's also now like now you're a comic I feel yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. before when you were previously before you did stand up or when you were a new stand up when you were a fan of stand up yes you were but a pro. but there's more but but jokes often do have a visual component to them you know like. But you still uh, get that uh, in a Netflix special. Like, you still get that if you... Right. Like, I... I <laughs> like, you're trying to talk about a thing he doesn't I mean, like. yeah, I just... I, I mean, <laughs> but, but, I, yeah, I'd never try to talk someone out of their preferences. I just, I'm just i just curious <laughs> as to the, like... I could give an argument the in his defense it. for the comedy part of it if you were to say you did like live comedy but not live music, which is that laughter is an agreed-upon emotional response we all do, but there's no agreed-upon way to react to music that's, being good that, that's, that's contagious. That is actually but, a very good point, is, is that, that it's a give-and-take, and the joke requires laughter. That's true. And laughter is definitely contagious, but there, there are other there are reactions to music that are also contagious. Like you can get, claps, but, like, but you can yeah. get swept along by the atmosphere. Like I've, I've, And also just the connection between the musician and the audience. Like There are definitely... There are definitely like band- when they go hello Cleveland and you're like oh my god fuck I'm in Cleveland <laughs> right exactly we're so connected right now there are definitely musicians that I've seen who put on a show that just through their st- stagecraft through their uh, like um, charisma connect with an audience in a way that you don't get if you're just listening to their album on headphones and I'm not saying that musicians aren't good performers necessarily <laughs> there probably are a bunch that are good at it. I just I wouldn't know because I've never been and I don't give a shit <laughs> yeah I don't think we're gonna win this one or not that there's any winning it's uh yeah I get it though I mean I, I, sometimes I'm at a show where I'm like what is the why what is the thing why I'm are you looking at it what am I getting out of this but other times yeah I've had transcendent experiences at shows also and like yeah sometimes you get chills and you're like wow I'm glad I was here to see this instead uh-huh. of just listening in a car I don't know like, okay 
Like I, I think I, I did. I felt this way my whole life, and but only recently has it have I had to explain myself. Yeah. Like I don't know why. Like it's it feels like it's become weird to people. <laughs> well, maybe it maybe is, I'm like you're traveling in the minority. In, like it's not bad, but I'm sure you're in the minority. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, is this is this a good transition into? We've had a topic running for the few, last few weeks. Um, we've probably talked too much about when we found out that a comedian friend of ours has aphantasia, which means you can't picture things in your mind. Like you you have no mind's eye. Someone like picture a basketball and you can't. You can like picture yeah, the and this word is, basketball, but not. I like, think the. Well, yeah, how we, do you diagnose that? How, how can you possibly tell that they can't? They aren't self-reported unless you're just trying to show off and like make something up. But why would you? But right. So uh, other listeners have written in to say they also have that. And, I'm and, and this is something that people have. We've talked about this a few episodes in a row now, but this is something that, again, like you say, how would you diagnose this? This is something that people often come to realize very late in life and are only starting to realize now this is, I think more people are talking about it and writing about it. And even in the time we've been doing this, talking about it on our podcast, even, there've been other people who've written in going, oh, I've just found out I have a thing. Like uh, my friend Janelle, who listens to the show, but is also a friend of mine, she just wrote to say, Oh my god! I just I now know from hearing this podcast that I yeah. I have this thing that I've had all my life. And I not guess because you wouldn't necessarily know that everyone else does picture a basketball when you say basketball. No, exactly. Right? Most of, most of these people just have gone most of their life assuming just assuming everybody thinks uh, that way. Yeah, and assuming that when people talk about picturing something in their head, they're being metaphorical or, yeah. or euphemistic, and they're not realizing that most people actually are picturing a picture of a basketball rather than just the the attributes that a basketball has a word list of basketball that oh so so that's what it is they like they were they associate it with just a list sort of yeah almost or uh, I, I, who knows what it is but it's not a it's not an image like they can't picture something yeah i'll see if i can find while we talk about but, this i'll see if i can yeah, find so, janelle's description as well but one of our listeners a couple of weeks ago wrote to say that she it also goes for sounds and things like that like if she tries to picture a cat meowing the noise in her head is her meowing her saying well wait meow. but, but like her well, saying meow. It, it has it not come up at any point in their life to, to that somebody would go like what is what does he look like uh, yeah you i know? don't know like because they, cause they still have like a common... list of attributes i think they could still go like okay i know in my head that jesse has brown hair and blue eyes like i know those things I know that he. I know I get lost in them. Frequent. Too. <laughs> yeah. So, so they would just kind of basically give up, like as though they were telling a police sketch artist what the person looks like. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and instead it, of picturing the person and describing them. Exactly, and it's huh. uh, so they they still you know can remember attributes about a person, but just and also can see a picture of the person. It, although it does sometimes go with a uh, with a prosopagnosia which is face blindness but they can they, they're often they can be connected but in many cases no they they can they can see a picture of someone and go like oh that's james or whatever yeah they but can, then once the picture's gone they couldn't like conjure it in their head or something here we go here's janelle's description as well if someone asked me to close my eyes and picture my cat i get nothing but darkness nothing representing her visible aspects and shapes and as shapes or colors Instead, I think of the words or concepts representing those things. Orange, round cheeks, pointy ears, green eyes, pink nose, whiskers. I think about how it feels when I see her and how happy it makes me. There's an energetic or emotional imprint for me that makes more sense than the mental or visual. Okay, so what happens if uh, if they're in a conversation, if it's like the three of them, if they're at brunch and one of them is dating someone new <laughs> and the other one says, what does he look like? 
the person who can't, what do they do during that period of time when the other person is describing what they look like? They're not, how are they piecing together what the person looks like? I think in their head, it's just like a list of attributes. They go like that person saying, uh, blue, okay, brown eyes. Memorizing the concept that they have. Yeah, brown eyes, blonde hair or whatever. And you're just picturing like those individual things as a list, but you're not picturing a face of a person with those attributes. That's crazy. But yeah, we got... yeah, so listener and longtime uh, donator Peter Lipchi wrote in to say this is not a Fantasia, but a thing that you'll also be like, how did you not know this until age 42? Um, so yeah, he was going in to get his eyes lasered, and during the initial consulta- consultation, he said, when I saw the bed that they performed the procedure on, I asked how they handle people who can't lie flat. You know, otherwise they get nauseous. Cue the sound of crickets. Uh, never heard of that. Regardless, we don't. Because of the optics of the laser, your head must be in a certain location, so you have to lie flat. So my problem is laying on my back without a pillow. I get nauseous within 15 seconds. Wow. <laughs> Have like, a pillow, no problem. It's a matter of 10 centimeters. I've had this as far back as I can remember. Uh, I saw my GP who had never heard of this condition. But he just thought everyone gets nauseous if they lie completely flat until age 42 <laughs> and realize that's not normal. So when he sees a movie and like two people are laying on the ground in the park, he's like, why aren't they getting sick? I, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess they just did that with CGI or something. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, He he went to an ENT specialist. It was also news to him. He said he would understand if he got dizzy, but he doesn't. He just gets nauseous, I guess. Uh, After a battery of tests, some of which made him really sick, he didn't understand it. Uh, He went to a neurologist. After a brain scan, still no real conclusion. His suspicion is a defective otolith, inner ear stuff. Uh, But because it's not something that affects me day to day, we didn't take it any further. So he said, it's weird that at the age of 42, I discovered something I thought was normal, but turns out I'm a bit of a freak. Uh... Yeah, the common statement of every new doctor I saw was never heard of this before. Wow. Then, they would, then they'd make me lie down, watch my face go red as I get closer to vomiting on their examination table. <laughs> huh. That's crazy. Yeah, that's very weird. Oh, yeah. oh, he did say, I remember as a child, I would marvel at seeing a mechanic on his back slide under a car without any fear that he'd make it <laughs> nauseous. <laughs> never, never occurred to me that these guys weren't actually superhumans, <laughs> that it was me that wasn't normal. Wow. I, I am fascinated by these things. I wonder how many just things... Yeah, that you just walk around with thinking that everybody feels that way, and then they don't. And then, yeah, I, I hadn't heard of... So he did eventually manage to, with the aid of some heavy-duty anti-nausea medication plus Xanax, ma- manage to get his eyes lasered, which he was very happy about, says it was a game-changer. Uh, uh, and also says, note, never put warm water in one ear and cold in the other. How did he find that out? Bad things happen, <laughs> i.e. instant severe dizziness and nausea. The technician warned me, but it's shocking how instant this happens. Uh, I don't know how the word vomit doesn't appear here, and he, it links to the Wikipedia page for the caloric reflex test. I had no idea that's a thing. I don't warm know. All these years in, in like a camp that you're putting you never, them, like, yeah. like a warm water at hand in a bowl of warm water to not make them piss, because that doesn't work. Where it turns out you could just put warm water in one ear, cold water in the other, and make them instantly throw up. It's <laughs> insane. I never heard of that. Yeah. Why would you like? I never did that because, like, why would you want more kids to piss themselves on a camping trip? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> kids are gonna piss themselves on a camping trip no matter what. Like, we tried to do it to my little brother one time when I was having a sleepover, and it didn't. It didn't work. You know what I found that I I didn't have any luck with, and you know, I mean, I didn't. Uh, there's a lot of variance in this experiment that maybe I wasn't uh, 
that weren't controlled, but uh, I've never successfully knocked a cow, a sleeping cow over. I think oh, cow yeah. tipping I, is not even a real thing. Is I that, feel is like it is one of those things that everyone claims to have done and no yeah. one, there's no actual evidence of it. We did run up to a cow at, once at and the, slam into it and it got very angry. <laughs> That's exactly Rightfully so, yeah, yeah. I hope that cow fucked you nice. up. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Uh, in Pittsburgh. But okay. like in the outs, it, like... Well, I was born in Pittsburgh, and then I grew up in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. But uh, but anyway, yeah, there really was a farm nearby. And yeah, it doesn't never, work. Never met someone who said, says they've who. Well, yeah, like we threw our shoulders into it, and it just <laughs> got it woke up and got mad at us. Or I don't even know if it was sleeping; it was just staring straight ahead. And <laughs> got really pissed and it chased us. And we had to jump a fence. They're more stable so. than you'd think, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyway. speaking of cows, weirdly, in this article about this ear test. Um, one mnemonic used to remember the uh, fast direction of nystagmus is cows, which is cold, opposite, warm, same. Uh, so cold water equals fast. What does fast stand for, though? There's like a, this is a nested... A nested acronym? Yeah. So, so if you like... If you went swimming in the Gulf Stream and you got <laughs> coldier in one ear and warmer in the other, like you would... It's, so this is... It's actually a reflex test. It's a test of the vestibulo-ocular reflex that involves irrigating cold or warm water or air into the external auditory canal. It was developed by Robert Barani, who won a Nobel Prize in 1914 for this discovery. Uh, it seems the bar was pretty low that year. It was not it, a lot. Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, well, that was right, I guess. Yeah, that was right before World War One, so there was yeah. nothing going on. All right. When was Einstein in his prime? Well, this is this is Nobel Prize of Medicine. I would have thought it was yeah. a. It's commonly used for by physicians, audiologists, and other trained professionals to validate a diagnosis of asymmetric asymmetric function in the peripheral vestibular system. Calorics are usually a subtest of the ENG electronystomography battery of tests. It's one of several tests which can be used to test for brainstem death. One novel use of this test has been to provide temporary pain relief from phantom limb pains in amputees and paraplegics. Oh. They it, would blast warm water in one ear and cold water in the other so, to yeah. help with phantom limb pain? Apparently. It can also induce a temporary remission of anosognosia, which is the visual and personal effects of hemispatial neglect and other consequences of right hemispheral damage. Don't neglect your hemispaces, guys. Everyone knows you should do that. <laughs> so ice cold... Ice cold or warm water or air is irrigated into the external auditory canal. The temperature difference between the body and the injected water creates a convective current in the endolymph of the nearby horizontal semicircular canal. Hot and cold water produce currents in opposite directions and therefore a horizontal nystagmus, which is a condition of involuntary eye movement or dancing eyes in opposite directions in patients with an intact brainstem. Does so also so it's not meant up? to just make you throw up. Also yeah. your eyes dance around? But if you poured cold water in someone's ear, that would make them forget that the leg they don't have <laughs> is throbbing, right? Wouldn't it? I, like It's just a distraction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your yeah. The yeah you would stop. Yeah. You would stop recounting the horrors of the Civil War for three minutes to go like, ah, what the fuck's in my ear? <laughs> and I want to see a dancing eye. Like, yeah. Let's see if there's a Google uh, video for uh, nystagmus. Uh, I bet this also works if you put a bee in someone's ear. I bet it's, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> Most things in ears probably will distract you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you just crash the car that you're in. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would also make you forget. Take them so. on a roller coaster. Right. 
Oh my god, this is the first thing that comes up when I look for uh, dancing eyes on YouTube, and it's pretty creepy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or is it cute? I can't tell. No. No? Oh, that's pretty weird, yeah. So her eyes are just eyes like... Are just jiggling back and forth? Yeah, they're sort of... I'm assuming this is not intentional, or else it wouldn't... No, I think it's like her, like, you know, her party nice trick. It's like oh, the thing okay. that she's like, watch what I can do, kind of thing, you know? I don't think she poured cold water or a bee in her ear. Am I just no, no, you're definitely forth. not doing it. Yeah, you're looking back and forth. <laughs> okay. So. So, yeah, good to know. Don't put hot, or maybe do, put hot water in one ear and cold in the other. There's there's a black hole story that was sent in, but it's very complicated, and I wonder whether we're going to, if we start it with, so Sean Robertson sent it in, and we're running to, we're getting towards the end of our time, and I'm, I'm just, I'm scared to start it because I've read it, and I it's confusing and difficult, and I wonder whether we're just going to need help from one of our go-to scientists to... Get through well, why don't we put this in the back burner until a future episode? And uh, all right, there's a cool, there's a cool black hole story that you will get at some point in the future once I understand it fully. <laughs> we could also do more uh, listener emails, including one who was a listener who was mad that we were saying physics is better than uh, life sciences. Do you want to read that out? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Um, so in, in our Adam Morrison episode, we started off by saying physics has a much more wow factor than, say, biology. I couldn't disagree more. Why would someone want to sit and talk about how their newest physics data? sit and talk about their newest physics data from the 1980s. Yay acceleration, yay space waves, holy shit, high energy photons, boring. Something more like microbiology is much more hardcore. This is uh, Britton Strickland writing in, her words, not mine. Um, for example, Francisella tularensis is the bacteria that causes rabbit fever, and one single bacterial cell can infect a human body and completely destroy the entire system, even to the point of death. Rabbit fever? Rabbit fever. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was um, a thing, but that's kind of fun. Bacillus anthracis, which causes anthrax, is, is an organism that has only one goal, uh, and that is to kill you. You think tigers are deadly? You aren't going to want to find a tran- you aren't going to find a tranquilizer to stop MRSA. And she's a little biased. She admits she's a biologist. She's a microbiologist. There um, we go. There we go. Yep, now okay. your bias is yeah. showing. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is tangentially related, but uh, you know, uh, bird flu sounds horrible. Also, yeah. Right. I right when bird flu was first making its rounds, I think it was like the early two thousands was the first time that it was like being reported. You know, kind oh, of that's came, so- okay, it came yeah, out of China yeah. or whatever, and it, everybody like suddenly was like, suddenly was like on the, that was news the a lot. Time. Yeah, yeah, where everybody's like, watch out for bird flu or whatever. I happened to be doing stand up in Indianapolis, and I drove past uh, a pet store that specialized in. Uh, birds uh-huh. and it was called bird fever that was the name <laughs> of the store and you had to think that that guy like as soon, when he first saw that in the news was like what the fuck are they calling it why would they call it bird flu like that's a terrible like it's almost as bad as there was an aquarium and fish shop in portland called the wet spot I'm like oh yeah why do you want to have like sexual innuendo in your pet store like, just, oh. uh, we we briefly were catered by uh on the jim jeffrey show by a a cut food company called Food Fetish, <laughs> which just oh every- yeah, that's weird. Yeah, like you know, they would have the truck parked outside for their catering truck and everything, and it was just looking and just go, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> it's just. You not- guys have a lot of cake farts at the craft table. But yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just not nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to kink shame anyone, but that's yeah. just like not something you want to particularly think about. Is yeah, just while on... you're getting your, fr- I think it's meant to be a play on foot fetish, That's even worse. sort of. But... Who wants to think about feet when they're eating? Everything. And even people who do, like, it's just why impose that on everyone? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, thing. you know, it's just, it's just, it's just a weird thing to name your company after. Yeah, it's like yeah, I, it's yeah, like it, seeing live music. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> like, 
Like, yeah, no uh, catering company's name should be rated PG thirteen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you should you should autom- you should always play it safe. Yeah, you know? and and again, like yeah. everyone, each to their own, and but it's just it's just uh, you just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Who who gets no no one gets uh, positive image from that that doesn't induce a positive image from anyone who reads that That's- yeah i uh i had to think a lot about naming uh because i incorporated this past year right you know right you, you do that and uh, the borg yeah and and i've i've freelanced for a lot of you know people in the comedy world over the years and the check that you get from some fucking just stupid comics corporation is yeah, because the way it's it ridiculous, <laughs> you know, because you feel embarrassed, you have to go to the bank and like deposit. For the listeners who don't know, basically, because of the way it works with American tax laws, even if you're an individual, if you're someone who freelances or whatever, if you're writing on a show, generally it ends up working out better value just for tax reasons. You get screwed if you're an individual, so you just create. What's right, called you an S-Core. You make a you make a mini corporation where you're the only employee, right? And then it just all works out. And that's also why then when you see when when they, whatever that entertainer or whatever, if they end up like you know producing a movie or whatever, that's one of the logos you yeah. see is like like the Jim Jeffrey show at the end of the for Jim yeah like yeah all. the Jim Jeffrey show at the end has Nugget Productions, which is the name of Jim's company, which yeah. again he set up years ago once he started making enough money to make it worthwhile to have right. that company. There you go. So on day one. Jim had to think of what am I going to call myself, which is my company. Right. And, and his he, one is a pretty nugget productions, but based on his real last name is Nugent. And that's. You know, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. That's why I'm in. If you watch Legit, the other family, the family, uh, like his best friend's family in the show are the Nugents. That's a little. Oh, okay. But that's why, like, there's like, you know, you'd be, I'll get a check that I have to take to. A banker that says, you know, Dick Sweat LLC. And it's like, why do I have to fucking... It's embarrassing, right? Yeah, some so, asshole comic just at that point. Right, exactly. Like, or his accountant just went, you need a name. All right, Dick Sweat it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I so, what? Sorry, go ahead. I should have been keeping a list of throughout the years of putting on Bridgetown, like so many checks I had to write to. Like, I should have just... What's the dumbest one a comedian Yeah, has? yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I would love to know what yeah. your dumbest one... But uh, so anyway, so I, I spent like three months trying like I knew it was like important to do. And I was very proud of myself because I ended up deciding I went with uh, the uh, the West India Trading Company. That's what I am. <laughs> right. So because it sounds like a big goddamn deal. Right. So like you're going to get a check. You know, like if I if I ever employ you to do anything for me, yeah. you're going to go to the bank <laughs> proudly with a check from the West India Trading Company. You know what I mean? I thought that was kind of a funny. That is very funny. So anyway, but uh, then what <laughs> happened is I began to get uh, uh, letters saying from lawyers saying I was involved in a multi-billion-dollar <laughs> lawsuit with the state of Nepal because oh, I didn't because I didn't uh, uh, whatever I I had neglected uh, uh, like you know sixty-eight thousand. Shipping containers of couscous <laughs> or whatever, you know what I mean? So, because what happened is there is a West India company, which is slave, which is different. Well, the East India Company was the was the name of the thing, so I just changed yeah. it to West. So I right? just googled it. No, so, there's also a thing called Dutch West India Company that traded right, right, traded that's, humans. That's slavery. Well, but yeah, that's the West India Company. Oh, oh, right, but that yes, that was part of the East India Trading Company. Oh, right, okay. exactly. And, and there's also the East India. There's still, I think, in London, the East India Club, which is a private members club. Right. 
that's yeah, been it was like for- the largest corporation in the fucking 19th century. And so I thought right. it would be funny to call myself, at, like, to allude to the fact that I'm the largest corporation in the 19th century. <laughs> yeah, to be like one right. one idiot comedy writer in L.A. who has the name that sounds like the what was once the biggest company in the world. Like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, so I, I so I've got I got like three or four of these letters, and I wrote I talked to my lawyer. I was like, do I just ignore these? And he was like, no, no, you have to write them back. You have to create a paper trail saying that you are not. <laughs> Because otherwise, like, you can actually, you know, get fucking served with papers to show up in oh at God. The Hague for whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I, I had to, I have, like, a form letter now that I had to, and, and my lawyer then, P.S., like, he was like, in the future, I would advise, you didn't ask me, but I would advise you not to ironically name your company <laughs> something that's adjacent to the largest company in the history of the world, yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah, so, like, just for anybody out there who might incorporate, don't call yourself, like, the Ford Motorist Company, <laughs> You'll get in I, trouble. I am Mons- General Electronics. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Monsanto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, oops. But for now, for now, if someone wants to send you money, they still have to do it to the. Oh yeah, no, it, it like yeah, it, it hasn't happened. But I think it's like a lot of these like trolling lawyers that like find uh, you know they just uh, somehow they find out that a right. new company incorporated in California and. Maybe I can represent him if he's dumb enough to think that yeah, he's involved yeah, yeah. in this lawsuit, you know? So, anyway. Well, same way. Did you see, uh, finally, the patent troll case against podcasts was squashed? Oh, really? It okay. just ended? Yeah. There'd been oh, a few little stages, but yeah, uh, Marin was tweeting it out. For, the, for those people who don't know, like, patent or patent trolling in general is kind of similar to this, where people, people a while back realized that if they buy up the most generic-sounding patents that they can find they can start sending these letters to people going like we own the we we own the thing that you do unless you pay money to license this right we can take you to court and they normally have they're normally pitch the amount of money that they owe sufficiently low that people will just go fuck it and pay the money rather than trying to fight it because that can be an expensive legal battle and one of the things for this was podcasting where someone had someone had bought a patent that was just a means of distributing audio. It was like so right, general right. and generic. And then they were just rinsing various podcasts for yeah. money. And that now has been the EFF, the Electronic Freedom Fran- Foundation. Frontier? Fr- 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 one of them was Electronic Frontier. Frontier. Anyway, the EFF, who do a lot of online freedom work, mm-hmm. who uh, past guest on the show, Yan Zhu, oh, wait, uh, wait, was... Yeah part of at one point she was one of their tech people mm-hmm. but they took it up and there, there was a big fundraising and everything and it looks like they finally won it so fuck nice. you troll so we can keep podcasting with impunity we can you know if you guys are men of science i wonder if this bothers you as much as it bothers me is that that there's a, a thing that happens like you'll see it in twitter moments where like uh it's it's it, it kind of specifically is in the sort of world of biology like millennials will discover uh, a plant or animal they didn't know existed uh-huh. and then they tweet it like oh my god what the fuck is this and then like it gets millions of retweets of other right. millennials like <laughs> which to me it's just like why are you announcing that you didn't know a thing before three seconds ago have you, you know what i'm saying have you it's- seen um snoop discovering what a pine cone is on instagram no wow uh, all right so yeah. it's maybe not exclusive <laughs> to millennials but it's pretty amazing it, I, it's amazing he picks it up and <laughs> Can I, can I just play it real quick? Sure, yeah. I think you'll, I think it's worth the wait. But sorry, finish no, your story. No, 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 because it happened the other day. It, we were talking about uh, fucking red pandas before. Uh, raccoon dogs were trending. And I was like, why the fuck are raccoon dogs trending? And it was because 
somebody was like, oh my God, did you know there was a raccoon dog? And then millions of people retweeted like, what the fuck is this even? It's just like, it's like Darwin's journal, but for idiots. You know what I mean? It's like, you didn't discover the thing. It's just new to you. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, it really like it, should, I, it should be named for the millennial who first yeah, yeah, yeah. tweets yeah, yeah. who rediscovered <laughs> the existence of this animal that the rest of us were well aware existed you know Jasmine's cat yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's just it's really stupid to me like, I don't know what, like, I, I'm told of that because on the one hand like baby get... frog looks like and it's a tadpole like what the fuck and it's like yeah yeah no people there's the there's a lot of people that know that already so. I, I get your point on the other hand there is a part of me that's like well you know I they're still showing the spirit of discovery and enjoying they're finding out new stuff. They're not discovering anything. It's new to them. It's like, new to them, but they're enjoying to the finding joy new stuff. of Snoop's discovery here. Right. So he's out visiting Martha Stewart um, in in New York. Yeah. And I think we should call these Snoop cones from here on up. But let's okay. see if we can get Are the audio Are you plugged up. into the audio? I'm just no, going to put, put, put my headphones on next to it. Okay. I'm a naturistic motherfucker. Look what I didn't pick up, man. Somebody tell me what this is. A who? That's a pine cone. What about that in the inside of it? <laughs> <laughs> I picked up something at Martha's house. I'm taking this motherfucker back to California. <laughs> <laughs> so, suddenly, it, suddenly there's an outbreak of wood ticks in Compton. <laughs> 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 I love when someone says pinecone. He says, a who? A yeah, yeah, yeah. I also enjoy that, like, no one else is particularly moved by his discovery. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like Snoop, it's there's pinecones yeah, yeah, in it's California. It's it's definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Amazing. But, like, I guess it, it, it's rooted in, you know, and I feel like, you know, you guys seem like you enjoy learning. And if if somebody's talking about a thing that you're not familiar with, I feel like the last thing you do is is just announce to everyone oh, like right. I don't know what we're talking about here. You know what I mean? You like you just like, yeah yeah, right. yeah or you just sit back and you try to like glean as much as you can from the context of the conversation, and then afterwards you go back and look at the fuck up right, and right. go like what were we talking about? And then you know it. But I, like the last I, thing you do is just go like Hey guys, this is brand new to me. I don't know this thing. I you don't know. know. Like, I, you know what? I actually I, I I think I disagree with you on that. I think as someone who. Particularly when I was younger, I would be embarrassed about not knowing stuff, and I would like you just hide my ignorance. I I actually do respect, you know, there are ways of doing it, but just going like, hey, listen, help me out on this one. This is new to me. What is this? Or, or like, I don't. I think it does take more sort of social confidence to admit that you don't know a thing and want to find out about it rather than trying to bullshit away through something. Right, but he didn't write to National Geographic, this kid who <laughs> tweeted the raccoon dog, and go like, can you give me more information about what this is? He literally just posted pictures of raccoon dogs. Like, there's this fucking weird thing! <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's... Not, like, And I'm not... It, that's a weird example, because I'm not... Most people don't need to know what a raccoon dog is. Right. But you should then... You should Google it and go like, oh, it's already a thing. <laughs> I, I didn't discover it, because I came across it on Wikipedia. But like, I, w- I was okay with tweeting the fact that it wasn't, an, uh, it wasn't until my 30s that I realized that the band The Beatles... That spelling is a play on like a music beat. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just thought it was yeah. a funny way to spell the animal beetle. Like, right. Oh, like the keep the beat, like music. Yeah, I actually. Of oh, course, yeah. Jesus. Oh, over Christmas, right? But that's a funny thing you're yeah. doing. Well, it's you're doing dumb. it to be. F- it's, it's obvious to everyone else who sees that word, right? Oh, or oh, not? I don't know. I mean, I think I knew. That I never gave it a thought, but yeah, I mean, if I had, I would have. When I were yeah. over Christmas, I was at uh, visiting. We went up to visit a good friend of the show, Nick Duty, and his wife Kirsty up in um, in. Yorkshire and Kirsty's parents' house has a, on their bookshelf just has a book that's called Beatles. 
but it's about the insect, but it's written in sort of a Beatlesy font, and it genuinely threw me for a second. I was like, oh, that's a weird it was typo. Misspelled. Yeah, it right. was, like, <laughs> it was yeah, an actual. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's a- actual Beatles. So it is an actual beetle that. <laughs> it's a. Kirsty's dad was into nature and okay. was a science teacher, and so it's just a book on beetles. Yeah. Wow. Uh, God, I wish that. Uh, so this article about the Snoop thing right on the sidebar. There's the Tim Horton story, which, which I wish was science related because it's the greatest thing I've is ever this seen. The, is this is the shit throwing story. I'm not going to go into. I mean, yeah, everyone's heard. Everyone's about it, right? seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there is one. We need to wrap this up in a second, yes. but. I, we've, this has been a fairly environment-heavy show, but there's one more environment story that I found the other day that a uh, band ozone harming gas creeps back, suggesting a mystery source of CFCs. Wait, sorry, I didn't Uh-oh. actually hear what you said. The, what? So, so CFCs, which we banned, got, like it's been banned. Exactly. Oh, which okay, we, you know, it. we got rid Iron, of CFCs for the most part like globally. It used aerosol. to be. Yeah, I remember when right. I was a kid. It was in. It was in like spray cans and in fridges. It was used the coolant, and then people realized that was one of the main causes that behind the breakdown in the ozone layer. Right. And so there was a global uh, protocol adopted in the late 80s to stop using them. Uh, it's under environmental... And it's been banned since 2010, an environmental pact called the Montreal Protocol. So... Oh, that was that recent. Oh. Yeah, I think I think that was just global protocol adopted in the late 80s, but then Montreal banned it. So... A full recovery of the ozone layer was expected by mid-century, but if these emissions of CFC continue, recovery could be delayed by about a decade. So there's these emissions of CFCs that people can't place, says Stephen A. Monsker, the lead author of a report detailing it in Nature, uh, the journal Nature, that is. So as in, if we've already changed... How Febreze is distributed throughout your house? Like, where is it coming from? Like, yeah, since we- exactly. So okay. they weren't sure at first, but it looks like there's a new unreported production of the gas known as CFC11, probably somewhere in East Asia. God damn it! I know. So we're raising the flag, says Dr. Monska, to say, look, this is not what we hope happens to the ozone layer. Uh, these emissions are bad for the ozone layer, bad for climate change. Someone is cheating. Uh, um, so. Th- we so know probably, it's China. Can't we just say it's, it's probably North Korea? Sense. Have you seen how fucking quaffed <laughs> Kim Jong Un's hair is? Like right? just that. That is a that is three canisters of hairspray. So there is a strong Daily. record of compliance, according to uh, Mr. David Donoghue, who's director of the Climate and Clean Energy Program, the National Resources Defense Council. Uh, most people comply. Countries often report their own violations. There's a reasonable chance we'll figure out what's happening here. Uh, but it's critical we take stock of this science. Although CFCs and similar gases have been banned for years, they still leak in small amounts into the atmosphere, often as buildings and equipment containing insulating foams are demolished or destroyed. CFC-11 has a lifetime of about 50 years, so the limited emissions coupled with natural breakdown of the gas should have caused its concentration in the atmosphere to decline at a more rapid rate every year. But beginning in 2013, samples of air that are analyzed from a dozen NOAA monitoring sites around the world show that while the rate concentration was declining it was at a slower rate which suggests there are new sources of the gas dr monska said i can't believe emissions have increased so he spent years analyzing other potential explanations like older buildings containing fermi insulation being demolished or another that the atmospheric processes that led to the breakdown of cfcs have changed but he found no evidence to support either explanation also in 2013 samples in hawaii showed a sudden increase in cfc 11 suggesting the gas was being produced in East Asia and blown across the Pacific Ocean. 
Uh, let's be clear, the concentration is still going down. If the new emissions go away soon, it won't have much of an impact on the timetable for ozone recovery. I'm hoping once this flag is raised and awareness increases, there'll be significant efforts to identify the source. So if you're listening, okay. and it's you, yeah, you can just you- listen. <laughs> We'll, we won't say anything. We'll turn around. Yeah. Somebody. Listeners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to see on my desk. Just put it on the desk. Yeah. Put Leave. it back and no one will. Yeah. One of those like no questions asked yeah, yeah, like yeah. deposit boxes outside an airport. You know, just leave it there. No, no one's going to. No one's going to judge. Giant yeah. can of hairspray. <laughs> so whoever it did is. You, did yeah. you ever see that? Uh, I feel like this is in my memory for something. Didn't Trump question the the veracity of hairspray that being is, that is a hundred percent he said he yeah he was like his I, windows I, are closed and his door is shut so how can it get out yeah 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 and oh he like sprays God. hairspray around and it's like i don't it's not hurting the atmosphere in here like he's well, an he incredibly also, dumb man did you, i mean you must have heard of bill gates thing like i guess we could cover this but like bill gates oh, yeah. just said that he did have to explain the difference between hpv <laughs> and hiv <laughs> to our president twice yeah, yeah. he had to explain it yeah. twice yeah which has been real awkward when, you know, Trump and several people are riding in the motorcade and he's like, why don't we just take the HIV lane? <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, what? So, it's the greatest lane. Yeah. Wait, speaking of that, you should watch the Bill Gates thing because Brian Cook told me to. And it, he, Bill Gates is, has become a funny dude. He's killing at yeah. this talk. Like, I mean, it's, it's a friendly talk. crowd. Right. Like, but still, yeah. some yeah. of it was legitimately He'd not funny, be able like, to do the, you know, the late show at the store. But Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, but Trump, it, Trump jokes always standards. work. Yeah. Trump jokes work every time. Jesse, so, yeah. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about everything you do? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter, which is Jesse Joyce. Uh, that's where I usually post shows I'm about to do and stuff. And uh, I got a website, jessejoyce.com. I got two CDs you can get on iTunes and get them, uh, Spotify, whatever. Very so, funny comic. Yeah, thanks, check man. out all of his stuff. Uh, we'll thank our donors because we're recording two episodes close to each other, so we'll thank them next week. But. Um, you can find us at probablyscience.com, individually online at Probably Science, uh, mm-hmm. and then, sorry, individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. Yep. Also, I'm going to post a link to this. I got to do a little piece with Jim, a uh, little thing on the Jim Jeffrey show. So uh, it was about the royal wedding and the monarchy, and I will post a link to that. If you like, if you enjoy it, uh, it's on YouTube and Facebook. You can share the video, let other people see it. The more people who watch that video, the more chance there is of me getting to do more things nice on camera uh and i i think I, I i was quite happy with how it turned out so i hope you like it as well check it out yep and um you've got guilty treasures coming out by is the time it? this airs i think it'll already have, already have happened but that is true uh, come to the next one come to our next guilty treasure with uh brian cook and myself doing music and um comedy bad songs that people still love um it's live music don't you it's live it's, yeah, it, would, it's like comedy show. live music right like <laughs> right. you're it's there's a joke in there so right, it's right. worth there is, well it's this, uh, the biggest joke generally is that people are doing these terrible songs but absolutely earnestly right they're songs that people like but they're embarrassed i mean that like Kyle Kyle is doing the ting tings so you know it's okay. that kind of show <laughs> right neat and we have a Starship song that's fucking god is he, awful. Is he doing That's Not My Name? Or yeah, is he doing of a course. Tink Tink deep, deep cut. Like a B-side. Yeah, no. It's That's Not My Name. Uh, yeah, I guess this has already have come out by the time of that. But yeah, we're doing um, Starship. Nothing's going to stop us now. Fucking horrendous. Uh, Better Roses by Bon Jovi. Um, Santana by Rob Thomas featuring Sit. Well, I mean, Smooth by Santana mm-hmm. featuring Rob Thomas, which I just found out is the second uh, best-selling or 
chart toppingest single of all time. Yeah, that was really forced upon us for uh, about it, seven it, months. It's in... bought by every shopping mall and airport in the world. They yeah. own that song. Right? Yeah. they have that on their rotation. <laughs> Just got no idea it was that big. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll let you know before the next one comes up in time for the book. Out. Check those out. Check out all Jesse stuff. Uh, thank you for the donations. Thank you for spreading the word. All of that good stuff. Uh, thank you, listeners, for sending us stories, corrections, comments, clarifications. Probably science at gmail.com. You know how to do it. We'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.